Welcome back to the Longacres Finance Channel. Warren Buffett is one of the greatest investors of all time. He has continually outperformed popular market indices throughout his long career, and along the way made himself and countless investors very wealthy. There is much the average investor can learn from the Oracle of Omaha. In his letter to shareholders in 2013, Mr. Buffett disclosed an investing strategy that he has laid out for his wife after he's gone. Now, if one of the greatest investors of all time thinks this strategy is good enough for his wife, then perhaps it can be good enough for you. The strategy is very simple and involves only two investment vehicles. It has also been dubbed as the 90-10 portfolio. Let's listen to Warren talk about it first, and then I'll give you my thoughts, and we can run a simple test just to see how well the strategy would have performed in the past. I, I laid out what I thought the average person who's not an expert on stocks should do, and, and my widow will not be an expert on stocks, and, and I want to be sure she gets a, a, a decent result. I, she doesn't need to get a sensational result. Uh, and since all my Berkshire shares are going to philanthropy, uh, the question becomes, what does she do with the cash that's left to her? And I've been, part of it goes outright, part of it goes to a trustee, but I've told the trustee to put 90% of it in an S&P 500 index fund and 10% in, in, in short-term governments. And, and the reason for the 10% in short-term governments is that if there's a terrible period in the market and she's withdrawing three or 4% a year, you take it out of that instead of selling stocks at the wrong time. She'll do fine with that. Any, anybody will do fine with that. It's low cost. It's in a bunch of wonderful businesses. And you know, that takes care of itself. Okay, so the strategy Mr. Buffett has laid out is quite simple. With 90% of assets allocated to a low cost S&P index fund. And the other 10% allocated to short term government bonds. And simple is very good when it comes to a portfolio allocation. It's not only easy to follow, but also easy to understand. This strategy would be very easy for anyone to duplicate on their own. You could simply use two Vanguard mutual funds or ETFs to build this portfolio. VFIAX is Vanguard's S&P index fund with a very low cost of 0.04%. And VSBSX, which is Vanguard's short-term treasury index fund, also with a very low cost of 0.07%. Both of these funds are also available as exchange-traded funds. They are ticker symbols VOO and VGSH, both with slightly lower costs of 0.03% and 0.04%. But the key question to ask is if this strategy is right for you. In my opinion, this is a good strategy to employ in retirement, but only if you have ample funds to provide liquidity in the portfolio during market downturns. As we have seen during the dot-com bubble and the financial crisis, the S&P 500 index can experience years of continued heavy losses. Inadequate funding and continued withdrawals may result in this asset allocation not standing the test of time. The level of funds necessary will vary for each person, as well as the expected cash you would like for this portfolio to produce. I think the best way to test this portfolio is to look back in history and see exactly how this portfolio would have performed. And we will want to include market crashes in this analysis because they have had major implications on portfolio values. Due to the limited amount of data for short-term bond funds, I can only include the financial crisis in this analysis. But that's okay, because as you'll soon see, the financial crisis was a pretty horrible time to retire. I've also swapped out the Vanguard short-term duration funds mentioned earlier for the iShares 1-3 year treasury bond ETF. It is actually very similar to both Vanguard funds, but this fund has been around longer, so we have more historical data to work with. Both Vanguard funds were created in 2009, which doesn't really suit our needs for this example. Okay, so what I have here is a mock portfolio that I will be backtesting using Portfolio Visualizer. The asset allocation is 90% Vanguard 500 Index Admiral Fund, and 10% iShares 1-3 year Treasury Bond ETF. I have constrained the time period to start in November of 2007, which was the first month of the financial crisis market crash also the worst possible time to retire in 2007. And we will run this test all the way through year-end 2021. The initial market value of this portfolio will be $1 million. And we will be using the 4% rule to make monthly withdrawals from the portfolio. 
This is a popular method for drawing down your portfolio in retirement. Basically, you start with drawing 4% from your portfolio when you start your retirement, and then you adjust this amount for inflation going forward. This withdrawal will give you a sustained level of income in retirement, but it can have a pretty adverse impact on your overall portfolio during market crashes. I have also set the portfolio to be rebalanced annually, so at the end of each year, money will be transferred between the S&P fund and the short-term bond fund to bring the overall allocation back to the original 90-10 split. I know that Mr. Buffett stated that during bad market periods, the funds should be withdrawn from the short-term government fund, but in a small portfolio, this may not be feasible for a longer period of time. In our example, the short-term government fund would start with $100,000, which would cover about two and a half years of cash flows. Also, Portfolio Visualizer has limitations that would not allow such a withdrawal plan to be tested. Let's see how this portfolio fared during this period of time, assuming we rebalance every year. The compounded annual growth rate for the portfolio is 4.75%. That's not great, but also not terrible, considering we are pulling money out of this portfolio. The time-weighted rate of return is 9.81%, which is the rate of return for the underlying funds without the impact of cash flows. That's a pretty solid rate of return, given that I started the portfolio at the absolute worst possible time in 2007. The final ending market value of this portfolio at the end of 2021 is roughly 1.93 million. That's actually pretty good. In a span of 13 years, the portfolio value has almost doubled, all the while providing us with a steady stream of cash flow. In the chart here, you can see the market value over the course of this 13-year window of time. And right off the bat in 2007, the market value starts to decline. At the end of 2007, so just about two months in, the portfolio is already down about $50,000. Then it declines some more early in 2008, and we get a small move up in April and May, followed by more decline. At the end of 2008, the portfolio has about $608,000 in assets. If this was a real-life situation, I would not be too happy having drawn down my retirement portfolio almost 40% in 14 months. But this wasn't the end of the financial crisis pain. The portfolio bottoms out in February of 2009, with a market value of about $502,000. So after 16 months, we have nearly lost or withdrawn about half of our portfolio value. Not a great start. November of 2007 was certainly one of the worst times to retire, especially if someone had a sizable equity allocation in their portfolio. Following February of 2009, the stock market began to recover. By the end of 2009, this portfolio regained a little more than $200,000, finishing the year just shy of $705,000. 2010 was a little rocky, but the portfolio climbs over $750,000 by year-end. 2011 is a flat year, with the ending market value of about $728,000. In 2012, the portfolio has a strong year, climbing to $788,000. Mind you, we are continually withdrawing $40,000 adjusted for inflation from this portfolio. So the strategy is working as expected. The asset value is generating returns, to not only cover the withdrawals, but we are consistently seeing an excess of capital that is growing the portfolio value. In 2013, the portfolio climbs back to almost $1 million, finishing the year with a record high market value of $967,000. 2014 is another record year, with the portfolio hitting $1.04 million, and the first time the market value climbs above the starting value. So it took nearly six years for this portfolio to recoup its initial losses from the financial crisis, after it bottomed out in February of 2009. 2015 is a flat year, with the market value staying flat at $1.05 million. In 2016, another record is set, with the market value crossing 1.06 million. 2017 is a very good year, with the final market value hitting 1.22 million. 2018 is a sour year, as the portfolio falls to 1.13 million by year end. In 2019, the portfolio rallies to 1.4 million. Then the pandemic of 2020 happens, and the portfolio bottoms out at 1.14 million in March of 2020. As we can all remember, the market recovered very quickly from the pandemic lows, and this portfolio followed suit finishing the year with 1.58 million. 
2021 was also a very strong year for the portfolio, as it continued to climb towards 2 million, to the final balance we saw earlier of $1.93 million. Even though the start of this hypothetical retirement was very terrible, the market quickly recovered and the long bull run of the past decade worked out well for this strategy. But the portfolio value is only one piece of the retirement equation. Let's take a look at the level of annual income the 4% rule would have generated. The first data point here is just for the final two months of 2007, and we can see a withdrawal of a little more than $6,000. So about $3,000 in income per month. That's a decent level of income if you couple it with social security benefits and any other retirement income you may have. In the first full year of retirement, the cash flow was $41,227, just about $3,400 per month. The cash flow level doesn't change much over the next two years, as inflation for that period was low. In 2011, we see a small bump just north of $43,000, and a steady increase for the next decade, with the final cash flow in 2021 just shy of $52,000. The resulting monthly impact is an increase of about $1,000 per month, between the starting cash flow in 2007 and the final cash flow at the end of 2021. I'm happy to see that the portfolio was able to sustain itself in this mock test. I think this strategy is a sound strategy for a retirement portfolio, but I don't think it will suit everyone. If you have a large enough portfolio, you can weather market crashes with more ease. The portfolio looked pretty weak during the financial crisis. I think if the negative market returns continued for another year or two, this portfolio would not bounce back as quickly, if it bounced back at all. And if one were to follow Mr. Buffett's advice to the T, and withdraw capital from the short-term government fund during bad market periods, the results would be more favorable than those I presented. The short-term government fund would be drawn down in 2008-2009, all the while leaving more capital in the S&P fund, that would fuel larger gains in the future when the bull market started. Personally, I would prefer a dividend portfolio in retirement. The cash flow produced from a quality dividend portfolio should be considerably more reliable and could outpace the growth of inflation. The appeal of a dividend portfolio stems in the fact that even if the market value of your portfolio declines by 50%, so long as the underlying stocks do not cut their dividend rates, we as the investor are not really affected by the market crash. Since we are not selling shares to generate cash flow, in turn leaving our original stock position unchanged. We simply wait it out, all the while receiving a steady income stream. It's also one thing to look back in history and see how things would have played out, but to live through this hypothetical example would be a different story. Behavioral finance tells us that losing money hurts significantly more than earning money, and losing half of your funds one year into retirement is not a position any person would like to find themselves in. You can certainly limit your downside by opting to allocate more of your capital to less volatile assets. Using the same funds but a 60-40 allocation, with 60% allocated to the S&P and 40% allocated to short-term government bonds would limit your downside. Under the same conditions, the 60-40 portfolio would dip to about $656,000 by February of 2009, which is $150,000 less than the 90-10 portfolio value at the same time. On the flip side, the 60-40 portfolio would not enjoy the same robust growth in the following bull market run. By the end of 2021, the 60-40 portfolio would have about half a million dollars less in assets compared to the 90-10 portfolio. Both portfolios would produce the same level of cash flow, the only difference being the level of volatility is significantly reduced in the 60-40 portfolio. Let me know what you think of Mr. Buffett's retirement plan for his wife in the comments below. Would you consider using it yourself? If you enjoyed the video, please give it a like and subscribe to the channel. Thank you for watching and see you next time.